Hi, it's Tanya. This summer, I've had the opportunity to help on a project about visual science communication. Being immersed in this project has rekindled my love of research and writing. This project has also strengthened my already strong interest in science communication and scientific illustration. It has also made me more determined to highlight the contributions independent science communicators, environmental educators, and others make to society. My current project is only one such example. For years now, I've made it a point to bring attention to the many ways we learn from scientific illustrators. I do this because science illustration was never mentioned as a career choice when I was in school. Over the years, I've had conversations with individuals who had to make a choice between art and a, quote, responsible career, unquote. And I've also had conversations with young adults who had interests in both art and science. Today, I share with you my conversation with someone whose love of art and science became an illustration practice and the first distance learning program in scientific illustration. This program includes an opportunity for students to apply what they've learned in the real world in the form of an internship or an independent study project. It is my pleasure to welcome you to my conversation with scientific illustrator Gretchen Halbert, who, by the way, was my very first podcast guest. Thank you, Gretchen. Welcome to Talaterra, a podcast about freelance educators working in natural resource fields and environmental education. Who are these educators? What do they do? How do they create change? Join me and let's find out together. This is your host, Tanya Marion. Today, my guest is Gretchen Halbert a freelance scientific illustrator and founder of the Science Illustration Distance Program. Gretchen has many years of experience working as a freelance illustrator. Her illustrations have been featured in magazines and books and have been included in research papers and on commercial products as well. Gretchen has taught scientific illustration at several venues along the East Coast of the United States and has also taught in Thailand, Taiwan, and Italy. How did Gretchen become a scientific illustrator? What is her distance learning program like? What do her students do? Let's find out. How did you first learn about scientific illustration as a career? Who turned you on that that was a possible career option? Because it's not, it's not something that people tell you. No. Um, I had graduated with a degree in botany, wanted to do environmental research, wanted to save the world. And this was at a time when there wasn't much funding for environmental research. It was suggested that I do some internships. And I was coming from an ignorant, an ignorant place in my life, you know, being 20 years old and 
where I lived and I thought that I, I needed to work. And so if I took an internship, then I would be out of a job in a year. If I could do it over again, I would have done those internships because I now would see the value and the experience and how that might take you to another level, another job. So I had gone back home to Maine after college and a friend, a friend of the family was teaching art at University of New Haven in Connecticut. And she came to visit, she was a friend of my parents and she said, I don't remember if she maybe wrote me, which probably would have been a handwritten letter, that, <laughs> that she knew that I had an interest in art even though I didn't take any art in college, she knew me. So she knew that I had taken art in summers. My father, my father taught at what was then Portland School of Art. He taught film and English. That I had an interest in art and an interest in background in science. And she said that her school had just started a biological illustration program. And or they were individual classes. And why didn't I apply to the Master's in Humanities program? I could come stay with her and, until I found a place to live. And they were developing this program with the medical illustrators at Yale University. So they were people who knew the field. I thought, oh, okay. So I moved to New Haven. I got a job at Yale Medical School doing research because I couldn't, didn't feel like I could just go to school and started taking classes in that program. And the director introduced me to the Guild of Natural Science Illustrators. And it was a number of years before I, before I joined, but that was the impetus. And so I took some classes there and then they started the program at Rhode Island School of Design through the evening school, the certificate program. And I wanna emphasize that because it's not the same as going to the four year day program. So it was 12 required classes. So I left New Haven and moved to Providence and enrolled in that program. And I remember, I remember the, my advisor in New Haven saying, perhaps you want to wait a year until they get this program up and running and get the bugs worked out. And I remember saying to her, oh, but if I wait, I'll be starting school again. Uh, I'll be 23 and starting school again. <laughs> And I give her a lot of credit because she didn't say, oh, you're so young. And oh, she said, you're going to be 23 anyway. And you're going to be 30 anyway. And you're going to be 40 anyway. And you're going to be 50 anyway. So don't ever let your age hold you back from anything you want to do. And I thought that was great advice. And so you started this path as uh, thinking that it might be a career or was it a vocation? The scientific illustration when I started it, yeah. I thought of it as a career, which sounds contradictory since then I went into medical research. It was something that, that I was very interested in. And when I left New Haven, you know, of course I needed a job and I had been doing research there. So that's what I looked for, for a job was doing medical research. It worked very well in that having a full-time job afforded me to 
to take the classes and to take freelance work and look for freelance work without the pressure of having to make a living. So I could ease into it. And I think when I left, I was working at Rhode Island Hospital. When I left there, before I left there, I went half time so that I could devote more time to seeing if I could make illustration work full time. When you're in your 20s and 30s, it's very easy to work 80 hours a week. And so I was at the hospital 40 hours a week. And then I was either taking class or teaching in the evenings. And then I was doing freelance work in the other evenings and on weekends. And I wasn't just working. I had a social life. I had bought a house, so I was working on that. But sometimes... You know, when you're very busy, you get more done. And when I first moved to the country where I am now, upstate New York, it took a while to to ramp up because the busier I am, the more I get done. So I was doing a lot more freelance work when I had a full-time job than when I left my full-time job and suddenly had you know, too much time, which I have filled. (laughs) I think it's a great thing. I think everybody should move every 10 or 20 years because then you get off all the lists of volunteer um, requests. So it's time for me to move again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, can you do this drawing for our nonprofit organization? There's a lot of that. And uh, yeah, (laughs) I I teach my students um, that there is this word. I'm sorry, I can't or or ways to volunteer work without being taken advantage of. And so with the internships, it's a defined period of time. It's 10 weeks and it has specific purpose because I don't want People working for nothing, not only is it not fair for them, but it's not fair for the whole field. What change is your program making in your students, have you you observed? Do they all have some knowledge of scientific illustration or some of them just curious? There is a range. There are people who come in with, with specific career goals. There are others who are retiring And this is something they've always been curious about. Others simply want to improve their illustration skills. They want to improve and polish because as you know, scientific illustration is is particular. So there are people who have much looser styles who want to tighten them up, who want to learn to see detail. There are other people who are scientists and they want to illustrate their own papers. So there's, there's a wide range. There are other programs, not distance programs, but in-person programs for scientific illustration where, where the students who go to them are pretty clear in wanting to be professional scientific illustrator. And that's, they know that that's what they wanna do and they go directly to that program and it's a wonderful program. I have a wide range of people and even some people who want, who want to apply to a program 
and they their work is not yet at that level. And so they may take this program first to improve their skills and to become more knowledgeable and even to figure out what is it that they really want to do. What type of change are the students creating through their work? What have you seen them contribute to? What kind of contributions do they make? Some have gone into teaching and are sharing this through teaching. The first student that I had is working for a nature organization in California. And she's also doing illustrations for textbook. So she and others are putting work out there that's being used for educational purposes. Another one of the graduates in her internship was at a nature center where she developed brochures and pamphlets for children about what the nature center was doing. So I think most people who go on to work in the field, just by the, just by the job, they're giving something to society. Two interns right now are doing paleontological research. So one is doing illustrations for graduate students that are going to be, they're going to be published. So they're part of those papers. And another is for, for a research station. So it will become part of their educational material. So predominantly their work educates. Everybody who leaves becomes, becomes another's entity for spreading information. You are their inspiration. They inspire me too. How do you think scientific illustration makes better science communicators? You know, if you draw something, you understand it. The addition of anything visual contributes to understanding. I I have to say that when when I've taught in other countries, there, there are... There are other countries where illustration is not a part of the science communication, which which really surprised me because I grew up here and all of my books from grade school on contained illustrations. And I realized that that is not the story everywhere. And so have you observed differences in understanding where there Aren't illustrations, abundant illustrations in books or resources like there are here? I don't know that I can say without doing a scientific study, Um, but I can tell a small story of of a time when I was, it was when I was teaching at um, National Taiwan University and they, they were wonderful there and they took me around to different departments and in two of the departments, I was given a pad and paper and said, and was told, okay, prove to us that this is useful. One was in the medical school and the chief said, rightly, our students are very busy. Our medical students are very busy. They don't have time to draw. And I'm thinking, yeah, they they came to my exhibit. You see finished artwork. Nope. No, of course they don't have time to do that. I said, do you have a piece of paper and a pencil and I'll show you. Which they had right there ready for me. And they put a 
histology slide up on the screen. Fortunately for me, <laughs> I had a lot of experience in histology. So I said, okay, time me. <laughs> <laughs> and I took the clipboard and the pencil and the paper and started sketching what I saw on the, on the screen and describing to him what I saw as I was sketching. And these cells are dividing. This is an artifact. I'm seeing this happening here. I'm seeing this happening here. And I'm making arrows and notes and, and finished and showed him the drawing. I said, how long did that take me? He said, a minute and a half, or maybe it was two minutes. It was very quick. And I said, this doesn't have to be a finished drawing, but I'm looking at this drawing and I'm understanding what I'm seeing. If I was writing notes, it would take me a lot longer and then I'd have to read them. And he looked at the drawing, he looked at the slide and he said, our students are going to draw. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I was so happy. And, but so it took less than three minutes to prove my point. And it was that simple sketch that showed there's a place for this. And a lot of students, a lot of people do this naturally. And before I even knew about this field, I always took visual notes in my physiology classes and in my plant anatomy classes. And I also will take visual notes when I'm in lectures. And it's those notes that I remember best because you're using both sides of your brain. And when you have a visual cue, even if it's a sketch of the speaker, which I'll also do, I'll look at that, I'll turn the pages, I'll see the sketch of the speaker and all that information will come flooding back to me of what he was talking about. And so when I'm giving a talk, I encourage people to sketch while I'm talking. So, you know, I don't consider it rude. If you want to draw while I'm talking, please do. <laughs> that's very good advice. I'm sure that's they appreciate it too. <laughs> but you're mm -hmm. opening up a whole new world to them. A new way of learning, a new way of seeing. Yes, to people who who haven't seen this way or haven't worked this way. And I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm the only one who's doing this or, you know, hundreds, thousands of people are doing this and have been doing it for centuries. It's really only recent that we've separated science and art. And now there's a big push of, of cross-discipline and STEM programs turning into STEAM programs. I applaud that, but it's not new. You know, every physician, every botanist, every scientist drew what they were looking at, what they were seeing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Learn more about the Science Illustration Distance Program at GretchenHalpert-Distance. Program.com. <laughs>